podcast was recorded on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. This episode also discusses events that occurred on the land of the Jajawurrung people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. My name is Penny Tangy, and I'm here with my friend Christina Adams. Hello. Hello. And we're here to talk about Trove, the National Library of Australia's, it's sort of like an online search engine that lets you search across a lot of libraries in Australia, university libraries, public libraries, the state libraries, and other cultural institutions as well. But it also has this feature, which I absolutely love, which it has a lot of digitised newspapers. I just love searching through all of these old newspapers and finding things that happened in the past because in the olden days newspapers were a little bit like social media people used to put a lot more information in there about things that were going on so sometimes it'd be like just articles about parties people are having and so you can find a lot of information about your family and things like that so I've spent a lot of time looking through Trove now Christina have you looked much in Trove have you used well Look, Penny, to be honest with you, when you mentioned the idea for this show, I just went along with it (laughs) thinking maybe I should know what Trove was. (laughs) And having never previously looked at Trove, I then went and had a look at Trove. And even now as you're speaking, I didn't realise it had all of those things in it. So I've obviously had a very basic look. I looked for myself, found a little bit of stuff. But see, the problem with you is that your surname's Adams. Look, it's fairly generic. Yeah. Because I'm my surname's Tangy, which is quite unusual, so I can find yes. um, quite a lot so of. So I'd have to go further back into. Mm. Well, unfortunately, we do have the Smiths as well. The Smiths, <laughs> so don't know that the Smiths will yield much joy, but we do have some more obscure names like McTaggart. So maybe oh, I might Mc... have a McTaggart search that to see what's there. That would be interesting. See if mm. you've got any murderers in your past. Hopefully, that'd be exciting. Um, and I've also looked up my house address because oh. I live in quite an old house. You're very clever when you search for things. I just looked for myself, couldn't find much and left Trove. Yeah. So I thought um, for this podcast what we could do is have a guest and I do a little bit of research on their family background or some aspect of their lives in yep. Trove and then present them what I found. I love the idea. Oh, great. So let's get our first guest. Let's do it. Welcome to our first guest. It's my dad, Peter Tangy. Thank you, Penny. It's very nice to have you here. Now, my first question, Dad, is have you used Trove much, the National Library of Australia's search? I have never heard of Trove. Okay. So basically what the part of Trove that I've been using is the part where it's got all the digitised newspapers um, going up until like the mid-1950s. I've done a little bit of... Research, not a very sophisticated search strategy. What I basically did is I put in your surname, Tangy, and the place where you live, Newstead, and I found some articles about um, your relatives. Court reports? My relatives. Court reports? No. <laughs> not That's a different report. podcast. That's mum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're doing you today, Dad. Um, it's nice stuff. And so the thing, the, one of the most interesting things that I found, there's quite a lot because our family, how long have Tangy's been living in Newstead for? Oh, I don't know, 1870s? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and certainly like going into, like this, so there's quite a few like little mentions of, you know, 
a lot about horses and, and stuff like that. Oh, that's the, nice. The most interesting things that I found um, were these letters to this person called Aunt Patsy in the children's corner. And Patsy Tangy. Patsy Tangy, no. <laughs> Aunt Patsy is not related to us. Okay. But one of the people writing letters to Aunt Patsy is, and that was um, Margaret Tangy. And Margaret Tangy is your aunt, is that right? Yes, she is. And I always knew her as Auntie Babe. And why did we call her Auntie Babe? I don't know. Uh, I think she had three older brothers and they just called her Babe. When she, she wrote these letters into Aunt Patsy. Now, Aunt Patsy was, um, she was an author and she was a poet and she used to write Catholic novels, which I didn't oh. even know was like a thing. Is that a genre? Um, yeah, apparently. I've got the names of some of the novels that she used to write. Pierce O'Grady's Daughter and Pretty Nan Hartigan. So do they have a Catholic undertone? Yeah, I think of publishing as having become more niche, but obviously back then they yeah. was like, yeah. And she'd write like poems, a lot of poems about flowers and the brave boys coming back from the war. And, and Jesus as mm. well, probably. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so she also had this children's corner where kids... She could subtly influence the minds of the young people That's exactly. and turn them all into Catholics. And was this in the... <laughs> What August publication was The it? Advocate. It was a Melbourne paper. Mm. The Advocate was the Catholic newspaper. Ah, ah the plot thickens. Yes, yes. Double yes. Catholicism. Okay, I'll, I'll just read the first letter. It is from Newstead, June 29th, 1924. Dear Aunt Patsy, this is the first time I have written to you and I hope you will accept me as one of your many nieces. Oh, again, Catholic undertone. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I am nine years of age and I attend the Newstead State School as there is no Catholic school here. Poor child. Yeah. Mm. And we went to the Newstead State School school too, didn't we, Dad? That's his Was that because there was no Catholic school? Was it because there was no Catholic school? No, it was because it was the uh, local school Mm. and it was a school where I went to and my father went to. Mm. And if it was good enough for them, it was good enough for you. And actual fact, I still have some books awards that my, my father's mother won at Newstead Primary School. Ah, so what? that's uh, the generation before that went, or grandmother. Yes, yes. I am in fourth grade and I like school very much. I have four brothers and no sisters. I was at Mass today and went to confession and received Holy Communion. I am writing this letter at my aunt's place as I am staying there for the afternoon. My aunt gets an advocate every week and I very much enjoy reading The Children's Corner. Mm. So who was the aunt? I am not 100% sure. It might have been a Collyhole mm. or might have been Marie Barbetti. Was there an aunt, I'm remembering this story, was there an aunt who one of the brothers went and lived with and, like, no one really cared? Like when he was, oh, things weren't working yes. out at home, and so he, he just, just uprooted yeah, himself. Oh, that was Auntie Rose. And that's where uh, Uncle George and Jean went to, where Cousin Mick lives now. Oh, so, and he just, so Uncle George just left. He just went and lived up there and helped milk the cows and do whatever. How old was he? I was probably four or five. Four or five? <laughs> Look, oh. I make a lot of life choices at <laughs> well, five. You've got to remember in those days, everybody had little houses. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, these four kids. One had to go. And, uh, oh, you can go and live with Auntie Rose. Up the hill. Yeah. That's an option. Mm. That's a good system. I like it. 
Okay, in this week's Advocate, I saw your photo and I thought that it was very nice. Now, I've Ooh. got a photo to show you. I've got a photo. That's Aunt Patsy. That's Aunt Patsy. She looks like Aunt Patsy. She really does. I wouldn't have described it as a nice photo. Yes. Well, but remember, this child wants to become one of her nieces. Exactly. So oh, she's got to yeah. lay it on thick. Yeah. Now, Aunt, have you ever visited Newstead, she asks. I think it is a very nice place. In it, there are three drapers, three butchers, three grocers, two blacksmiths, one paper office, one bank, one post office, one tailor, two greengrocers, one barber and tobacconist, one newsagent, one saddler, three hotels, one paint factory and one butter factory, which employs about 20 men. Now, that is massive. That is a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff going on. Because in Newstead now... And no Catholic primary school. No. What is going on? It's madness. I mean, I knew there used to be more stuff in Newstead because now it's got, like, a cafe. How many drapers are there now, Penny? <laughs> we don't... There's not a single draper. Oh, there used to be so much choice. A lot of people don't have curtains now. <laughs> no. No drapers. That's right. It's but very sad. The blinds... The thing the... is, that's to say our society's changed, of course. People couldn't get in their cars and drive to Castellani no. to the supermarket. So everything had to be fairly close by. Mm. Within horse riding distance. Three drapers. And where was the third pub? Because I know of the two pubs, the Crown and the Railway. Where's the third pub? Well, as you enter Newstead from Castlemaine, yep. that was... Uh, there was one there... And it was the British something or other. Mm. And just opposite, the, diagonally opposite the police station was the Shipwreck Inn Hotel. Three pubs. Was you... one of them a dodgy one? Uh, I'd suggest they probably were all dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> My experience of pubs. Yep. All a bit dodgy. So when you were growing up, how many pubs? Two. Yeah. Same as Crown and Railway or? Crown and Crown. Railway. Mm. And uh, always, you said it was never quite big enough. For two pubs. It used and to be big enough for three, to be fair. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, that was in the old days. Yeah, it? but that was when the drapers were there. Yeah. <laughs> they piss pots. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make curtains sober. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite big enough for two pubs. It'd always be one pub going good and one pub not going sober. Right, mm. and now there's just one. There's just, we're down to one. But there is an allegation that the other one might reopen again in some sort of form of something or other that mm. may resemble... Uh, Maybe one of those gastropubs. An alcohol app. Right. It's the same with the cafes. Sometimes we have two, but it doesn't usually hold. Well, Newstead's become now... It's uh, a cafe, yeah. It's yeah. a cafe precinct. Mm. Um, it's a, t uh, a tourism destination mm. where... People have two cafes to choose from, mm. both very highly regarded. Mm. Um, the uh, what we call the milk bar or the Newstead's convenience hall, where, which can serve you all your fried up rubbish, mm. all that sort of thing. And uh, then you've also got the pub that serves mm. as well. So, sport for choice. In people are driving to Newstead to go and have a cup of mm. coffee and have. Yeah, and then you in, can drive back the next day and go somewhere completely different. Completely different. In preference to uh, overpriced and overpopulated Dalesford. Mm, absolutely. Spa country is always a big destination. That's, it's just fizzy water in a bath. That's, That's all right. it is and it's not that good. Okay, we're moving on from Newstead. Now she's talking about her, her own house. We have three cows, two calves and four horses, but I can't ride the horses. 
We also have about 30 fowls and three ducks. I feed the fowls and gather the eggs. Christina, how many fowls and ducks do you have? Well, I've never actually called my chooks fowls, but I will for the purpose of this afternoon. Look, I don't know an actual head count of either. Mm. There's a lot. There's a lot of fowls and a lot of ducks on our property. Yeah, so you can you can probably really relate. I can really relate okay. to where she's coming from. Yeah. And she says also, I have two cats. Their names are Jack and Joyce. Interestingly, Jack is also the name of her younger brother. And I'm unsure which came first. Well, look, one of my really good friends, um, she had a dog called Zoe growing up Mm. and her second-born child is also called Zoe. And I Mm. did ask not long after the birth if she named the child after the dog and she said, you're actually the only person who was brave enough to (laughs) ask me that question and the answer is yes. Yes, I did name. She was a good dog. Yeah, she was a good dog. No, so I'm hoping my child will be as obedient as Zoe the dog. (laughs) And as quickly hair strewn. Exactly. Mm. She walks well on a leash too. In fact, it does seem a little bit unfair to the child. It's almost like they're definitely going to be a disappointment. At some point. Yeah. At some point she will. Compared to Zoe the dog. Mm. Yeah, definitely let them down. So they had ducks, did they? Yeah, apparently. How many ducks was it? Four. No. Three. Three. It's a bit of a running theme to do a poultry count in all of her letters, mm. so we'll find out more. So she also has a little dog called Toby, and she has four dolls. Their names are Lizzie, Rosie, Jean and May. I also have a playhouse where I keep my playthings. On Saturday morning, I help my mother to do the work, and in the afternoon, I play. I have a little brother named Jack. He is five years of age. He has not started school yet. And that is the end of the letter, Madge Tangy. And Aunt Patsy writes a little reply at the end. She says, "'Tis you who are the lucky one, Madge Marche, with all the nice things. All the nice things. All the live and otherwise to play with time enough for Jack yet. (laughs) What a pathetic response. Mm. Well, she doesn't, she never writes much. I don't think anyone needs to be her niece. I I wonder if they read that she read the letter. No. (laughs) That's a generic response. (laughs) She'd yeah, prob- probably have about 20 in a box. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, are, there are a few published each time. Yeah, so that is the, that's the first letter. So, Dad, before we go on to the next letter, I just thought I might clarify with you. So when Margaret says she's got th- three older brothers, that is Dick, George and William. That is correct. That's right. And but George was the oldest. George, ah. William and Dick. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle Jack was the uh, baby of the family, as they say. And William was your dad? Yes. My pa. Bill. And where they're living, where they're living in this house, that is on the block of land where you now live. That is correct. Yeah. In actual fact, the chook sheds on top of where they they house. That's a nice homage, isn't it? Yeah. It is. That's the many, many fowl in their life. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's still an old well there and things like that. And And you dig up the garden... My grandfather used to be a blacksmith and you dig up bits of old iron and stuff that he'd made. Yeah, I, I remember when we were kids we used to play archaeologist and mm. we'd go and dig in the in the backyard and find bits of old rusty metal and Lots not find any bones or anything. Tetanus. No, we never no. found any bodies down the well, which was slightly disappointing. Mm. Well, there is now. Is there? Yeah. No, but that's the cats. That, no, that's when the chooks die. I just throw them down the well. <laughs> It's a beautiful homage. It's a, yeah, it's a fitting <laughs> memorial. It's lovely. Mm. Anyway, back to 100 years ago, yep. we've got another letter from Margaret to dear Aunt Patsy. 
Oh, poor Margaret really didn't have many other options. Did yeah, she? it feels that way. And yeah. oh, anyway, like it's it's funny. Like Aunt Patsy, like encouraging all these strange children to write to her and mm. tell them their deepest secrets. I mean, these days we call it grooming. But yes, I think there was some grooming going it on. It was a different time. Down on the farm, Newstead, twenty eighth of the ninth, nineteen twenty four. <coughs> Dear Aunt Patsy. I now take the opportunity of writing to you and I will explain to you how I spent my show week holidays. How old's this kid? Nine. Wow. I know. Very formal nine-year-old. She's, I reckon she's got great writing skills. Mm. Did she go on to have much education, Dad? Uh, not to my knowledge. Mm. Her mother was very, very good at school. I'm sure her mother did a lot of home education with her. But Do you think her mum wrote the letter? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Just seeing what your standard nine-year-old writes compared to that. Yeah, it is very good. Although all the letters are in this same tone. Okay. So I don't know if parents in those days, you can't really imagine them helicoptering around. No, there's no time. You've got to milk a cow. Exactly. Write a letter to Aunt Patsy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. (laughs) No television. You can't chuck them in front of the telly. No. Well, imagine how that would go down in my house if I said to my kids... Write a letter oh, to Aunt Patsy. We're writing to Aunt Patsy today. Oh, yeah. God. In the morning, I helped my mother, and in the afternoon, I sometimes played with my little cousins and friends and sometimes played in my playhouse. One day, I went over to my little friend's place and we had a party. During the week, very heavy rain fell, and everywhere you go, there is mud. We have a number of little chickens and ducks that delight to wade in it and search for worms. It's very, very evocative. Yes, isn't it, it is. Um, My little brother is on the floor playing with the dogs. Oh. Sounds like Jack. Yes, certainly sounds like Jack. We have three ducks and they lay three eggs nearly every day. Same number of ducks. That's great. We've got conservation ducks. And my mother is potting them. What is potting eggs? Does anyone know? Is it like pickling them or something? Or maybe it's that weird thing that they used to do where they... I think they put it in fat or something so that you could keep the eggs they used to for do. periods of time they, when you wouldn't have any. That's certainly what they used to do because they used to have the egg appeal for the hospital. People would donate eggs that would go to the hospital so the hospital could use. Oh, my but, God. But then they used to put them in this uh, solution uh, yeah. that sealed up the eggs so they couldn't breathe mm. so they didn't go rotten. Maybe I could give that a go at home. Yeah, eggs in fat. Yeah, very nice if you've just had your appendix out. My cat, Joyce, has three little kittens and we are keeping two and giving one to our neighbour. It's a bit of a metaphor for Jack, really, isn't it? (laughs) That was George, I think. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think we are going to call our Sambo and Pete. They have got their eyes open. Our bank manager and family have been shifted from the district and everyone was very sorry because they were very nice people. It sounds like they were forcibly removed. It does, doesn't it? They did take all our money. Yes. (laughs) It has been a very nice day today, but it is beginning to get cold now. I suppose it was wet weather for the show, as it always is. Oh, worldly. (laughs) Margaret, oh, in her nine years. So weary. This will be my ninth. (laughs) I'm only in memory of three. We have a new horse and my big brother rides it. Wow. And he sometimes gives me a ride on it. Well, that's this progress. Is looking up. Because last letter, she wasn't allowed to ride the horses at all. In Newstead, there is a piggery and my father and another man are partners in it. 
They have about 300 pigs, and every Tuesday they send away about 20 pigs to Ballarat to be sold. I wonder why they're being sold. (laughs) (laughs) Going to lots of happy little farms. Is this where you ended up working at the bacon factory? Is this the prelude to that? That can't be the... But we weren't part owners in the original bacon factory, were we? We we should be millionaires. We'd be billionaires. Yeah. No. So this is just a different little... So they sent them to Ballarat. That would be a big trip to send them. Apparently, unless Margaret's lying, you can't mm. be sure. Oh, she'd know, she'd know. So George, your grandfather, he was a blacksmith, but yes. he obviously had this... Dabbled in pigs. Dabbled in pigs, yeah. had a bit of spare time. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. Maybe it's code for something. <laughs> but then in those days, poor, a lot of people, they had a few cows. Yeah. And they used to separate the milk, send the cream to the butter factory and feed the skim milk to the pigs. And just about every farmer did that. Yeah. Because apparently now it's illegal to feed pigs anything with any animal product in it. Is that true? Mm. So if you've got a pet pig, apparently Mm. it's not legal to give them anything that has an animal basis. Right, even if it's a pet and it's not going to be eaten. Yeah. Can't remember where I read it. Well, it was a different time. (laughs) Maybe that'll be the name of the podcast. It was a different time. It was a different time. (laughs) Okay. Yesterday, they were cutting chaff. Chaff? Chaff. 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 They were cutting chaff up at my auntie's and I watched the horses going round and the chaff coming through the cutter. What a day. Wow. I wish I'd been there. (laughs) (laughs) Round and round. We had the inspector at our school a few weeks ago and he was very pleased with the school. Mm. My little brother has a little three-wheeled bike and Dad is going to get me a pony. Excellent. That's better than a three-wheeled bike. Exactly. The new horse we are going to call Totty Del Monte, and she Whoa. is a racehorse. Now, that was a thing that got mentioned a few times in the letters, that she talks about them having racehorses. And I know Pa used to have greyhounds, but racehorses is like a big step up. Well, it's a big step up. You've got to remember in those days, people measured their wealth in their horses. Mm. You didn't get a Rolls Royce, you got a real good horse. Right, yep. I and understand that theory. <laughs> Christina still does that. I still do that. Nothing's yeah. changed. <laughs> but she there used to be lots... really slumming it coming here today. I am. There's no horses. Lots of um, different uh, race meetings, uh, and they weren't just for thoroughbreds. Ah. So that people they could, could all take, have a crack. They so could all have a crack, and they were handicapped by their size. So if you had a little pony... <laughs> a little Shetland pony. Yeah, it got a 100-yard start. Oh. And if you had a racehorse, you went 100 yards back. The stories are that they did have, and our family were pretty poor, mm. but they had a horse called Mavorni that won a lot of races. Wow. And uh, I think my Uncle Dick used to ride Mavorni in the races. Oh, so he was a jockey as... Was, weren't they all huge? Oh, no, 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 no. Obviously no weight limits. Yeah, but... No, but weren't I... Well, maybe I've just seen photos of the four brothers standing together and they looked quite strapping. Well, remember, I'm talking about Uncle Dick might have been 12 or 13. Oh, right, yeah, but it was a little... And uh, But these race meetings, they'd have bookmakers and they'd Mm. back their own... I just love the idea of a Shetland pony in the race with a thoroughbred. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to (laughs) win? In those days, too... They'd often enter a horse in two or three races on the one day. And sometimes, according to my dad, 
the horses run better the second time than they did the first time. They've calmed down by that point. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, you know, sometimes... Had a bit more training, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And they're, <laughs> well, <and> they're, <laughs> they're warmed up as yeah. well. The cape weed is coming out in flower. Ooh. The paddocks look like yellow something of something. Can't read it. Sorry. Sometimes trove the scan doesn't mm. quite um, look nicely, but I'm, I'm sure it's just beautiful description. Well, dear Aunt Patsy, as this is all the news... It's familiar. Time. Yeah, I know. She's only, For a, she's only a second later, but that's what Aunt Patsy wants. Mm. She wants them she's in. She's a niece. She wants them in close. Yep. I will conclude. Wishing the children's corner every success, I remain your loving niece, Madge mm. Tangy, aged nine years. Mm. And then Aunt Patsy says, quite a lengthy chat, Madge. Which I feel is a bit of a slip. That's rude. And she could have edited it down it, if she thought it was too long. Exactly. The power sits with her. Heaps of news in it. Either she wants to know or she doesn't know. Don't complain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get it together, Patsy. That's right. Heaps of news in it. A lucky girlene you will be when you have your own pony. Truer words have never been spoken. And that's all, Mark. Did, did Madge uh, leave her name and address? No, she just, she's just Madge Tangy from Newstead. They lived in Brant Street, Newstead, yeah. where I live now. I know. If you want to go and visit Peter, that's where he is. Margaret's You'll find time, <coughs> in Margaret's time... If he's not there, he'll be at the pub. It wasn't called Brant Street oh. because I reminded everybody used to have a cow and a pig and mm. that always food would be a bit scarce and that people just let their cows on the road. And it was called Cow Dung Lane. Oh, so she hasn't mentioned that. <laughs> She's left that important detail she out. She's, um, yeah, really kind of more portraying herself as more of a racehorse-owning, playhouse yes. playing kind of girl. Yeah, owner of a piggery kind of person. Not, not your cow poo lane girl. That's, I, I think I had heard that before, but i completely forgotten about it. When did it get renamed Brand Street? Oh, I think it was probably always Brand Street. Oh, but just not what But every called. that's not what everybody called it. Mm. Now, this next letter is a bit of a significant one. Oh. Um, it's called, it, it's titled, Gives Her Prize to the Tiny Tots, and it's the 3rd of the 11th, 1924. Dear Aunt Patsy, having noticed in The Advocate that I received the prize for the best letter competition of my age, I decided to write and thank you for it. Although I have received it, I intend to send it all back towards a cot at St Anthony's home. So she won a prize for best letter, possibly that letter that we just read, mm -hmm. which was very, you know, with the worms wriggling mm. and the cape weed and the, it was beautiful. And then she gave, she donated her prize to the, to the home, which seems like quite a generous thing to do. And, like, from what I knew about um, Arnie, Arnie Babe, is what I called her, she, that seems like very like the type of thing she would do. Do you know she sounds an awful lot like you, Penny? <laughs> because here she is, this little girl, writing away, kind of like you did in your diary and quite obsessed with horses, doesn't seem to have a lot to do with them but quite obsessed with them. <laughs> I think there's a lot of parallels here. I it's hadn't even thought of that. Skipped a generation. I haven't thought of that but I'd never won a prize. But you would, you would have been the type to write to Auntie Patsy, I would I would have. I would have. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah. But, I don't, yeah, so she was a very generous person, wasn't she, Dad? She was very generous. She... Uh, it was a part of the time, the, day, mm. the era. There was no social welfare in those days. And, uh, and poor people, were, it was the other people's responsibility mm. to look after them and share whatever they had. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading the letter. 
I have some very sad news this time. My dear father died in the Castlemaine Hospital on Wednesday last. He will be missed by all the people as they all liked him. We have received some very nice letters and cards. So that was, yeah, this she writing this just, just right after, after George died. Do you know how he died? Uh, he had heart problems. Right. But he also had, he worked as a blacksmith in the mines mm. and he also had some scars, ciliosis of the, oh, right. of the lungs. Right. That's very sad. And then she just immediately says, I have been home from school with the toothache. I've been oh. put up to the fifth grade this mm. week. Well, dear Aunt Patsy, as this is all the news this time, I will conclude. I remain your loving niece, Madge Tangy. I'm sensing maybe Aunt Patsy has edited <laughs> yeah. in this instant. She didn't like her long ramble last yeah, time. she's just gone. Or maybe Margaret's mm. gone, oh, it was a bit of a sledge last time when you said my letter was too long. Or Auntie Babe was feeling a bit yeah. down. I think mm. that might be right. Yeah. Because mm. things would have changed a lot. Were the older brothers able to earn money then? Well, my father was 14 and he was sent up to the Mallee to uh, drive the teams of Clydesdale in the Mallee. And he was he should have still been at school, mm. very good Scott. But no welfare in those days. Mm. They had to find a way to make money. Dad used to say, uh, you know, it was pretty rough on the places he had to work. He's only a kid. And... They lived on meat and uh, bread and jam. And they used to get the jam in a gallon tin. A gallon, you know, mm. quite a large tin. Mm. Uh, a bit like a little petrol tin, you know. And, oh, apricot jam. God, this is good. You get halfway through the <laughs> tin of apricot and you think, oh, God, I'll be bloody glad when this is finished. Yeah. Oh, plum jam. Yeah. This is great. I needed a couple at the same time so they could alternate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been very hard. And George, he was a little bit older. Was he working? Or? Well, he that was he was up at the farm. Oh, he was already yeah. at the farm milking. But they oh, kept the, living in the house where you, in Brad Street. And then, then eventually moved up to right. the farm. Um, so Aunt Patsy replied, I am very sorry to hear of your sad loss, Madge. I hope your toothache has long ago disappeared. Tiny Tots wave their thanks for your kind remembrance of them. Wordy as always, Auntie Patsy. And then the next letter comes from the 22nd of the 3rd, I'm going to say 2025. No, it was 1925. (laughs) It's from the future. Um, And so this is like the next year. And it's a shorter letter again. And it's titled, Another Islander Brightens Up Her Oar. Dear Aunt Patsy, as I have not written for a long time, I thought I would once more brighten up my oar. (laughs) We are having very rough weather up here. There has been thunder and lightning. My big brothers have a racehorse named Mavorni. Mavorn? Mavorni. 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 And they took her to Carisbrook and she won easily. And they were very pleased. Good job. Excellent. Excellent. Um, We have four cows and about 20 fowls and five ducks. Oh, Population explosion. Exactly. That's yes. extra two ducks. Yeah. She's really good at giving the tally. They can't be eating all the eggs. No. <laughs> Plenty for the hospital. How many kittens? We're not up to kitten count yet. Okay. We'll see if that yeah. comes later. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I haven't missed a day from school since Christmas. We Ooh. were given a holiday on Thursday and the children 
for the children to go and see the Governor General. Oh, my oh God. what a great holiday. Oh, imagine that. Just looking at an old man walking. Yeah, walking past, waving a flag. Show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My little brother burnt his head about a month ago. Oh. But it is all right now. Oh. That sounds fairly typical, Jack, doesn't it? Should we talk about Jack? Um, there's... <laughs> It depends what you want to hear. <laughs> so, Jack, before he went to the war, yes, was he all right then? From what I understand, yeah. Uh, obviously, I wasn't around at the time, but he, he, he was. Mm. He was in a part of the uh, army. I suppose you'd almost call it the commando stuff nowadays. But in the jungle, of Borneo. He, his task was to sneak up on, up on the Japanese. Mm-hmm. One of his party tricks in the army was with the, the, the big head honchos. Oh, They're supposed to have guards and all of that. And Jack would sneak up on them and jump up and say, I'm here, you're lucky I'm not one of them other buggers. Wow. You know, proving that the security was fairly oh, awful. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but Jack come back from the war, an alcoholic, and quite a wild man, many, many stories about Uncle Jack. And he'd, he'd get into trouble and Dad would have to go and get him and take him home. But in those days too, people knew that Jack had a background and a story and mm. that well, it wasn't the way he really was and were fairly forgiving of some of his misbehaviours. Mm. Um, there was one quite famous story in the family. Well, if you're going to go there, we'll go there if you want me to. Have you heard we're go- Have I, I told you this before, Christina? I don't think so. I'm hoping we're going there. Um, <coughs> I was travelling with my wife down the Western District and I heard on the radio that a policeman had been shot near the Newstead Racecourse. And I just had a premonition and I knew and I rung up home and they said, yeah, it was Uncle Jack. And what had happened was that... Uh, uh, a prisoner had escaped from the Casamone prison, which is about 10 miles away. And the police had an idea that the person was out uh, in the Newstead district. And they saw where Uncle Jack lived in this little old wattle and daub hut in the middle of a paddock. And at four o'clock in the morning, they drove round round the Uncle Jack's shack with a shining spotlight on it. And Uncle Jack really thought that the Japanese had come back to get him. Mm. Uh, he had a twenty-two rifle. In those days, the windows were only slits. They're not like the windows we have in houses today. And he poked his rifle through the slit and fired a shot. Now, quite sadly, mm. what happened was uh, it hit the policeman in the stomach. Oh, uh, the policeman very quickly retreated to the car. They'd come in in the paddock through the gate. They didn't worry about going through the gate going out. They went straight through the fence. <laughs> Castlemaine police contacted Newstead police and said, do you know who lives there? And, and the Newstead policeman said, what the hell were you annoying poor old Jack for? Why exactly. didn't you come and see me? Yep. But anyway, Dad had to get Uncle Jack and of course he was charged, so mm. it should have been. And quick, the good news in the story is that the policeman recovered and he was yeah. fine. Yeah. He was um, my um, a teacher at my school's husband. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Was that uncomfortable? No, I, it gave me a great sense of superiority. To yeah. Honest. Um, yeah. But they got divorced anyway. So. Oh, awkward. But uh, anyway, the, the Uncle Jack went to court and 
There was, I, th I think, some pretty fair judgments made by the mm. magistrate. He understood the circumstances. The police weren't out to get him, get him, so the prosecutor mm. wasn't disputing uh, anything about Jack. And Uncle Jack got off with a 12-month 12 12 good behaviour bond, never to own a gun again, and he had to live in Which a... Which is probably a good thing. Oh, definitely. Mm. And he had to live uh, in a caravan uh, at Uncle George's, so there was some supervision of him. Yeah. But Jack being Jack, you know, he'd get a couple of beers and he'd say, I'm the only bloke you used to this shot of copper and got away. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to have a claim to fame. Yeah, yeah. and I've, I've spoken to people in New said about it who have just gone, oh, they never should have gone up to Jack's house at that time of night with a spotlight. What are they doing? <laughs> it's a little, you know, it's a little bit victim blaming, but it's... Uh, Probably yeah. good for Jack that he lived in a small community. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a parallel story with that, uh, oh. Christina and yep. Penny. Uh, at the same time as the shooting occurred, a bloke called Lenny Martin, he... About six foot six, 25 stone, played in the ruck for South Melbourne for a few games. He was at, lived in Newstead and he used to go up Mildura fruit picking. Mm. And Lenny was away at the time. Lenny come back and Lenny used to hold court at the Newstead pub and uh, Lenny was a big drinker. Uh, he was measured to have, uh, counted to have for six weeks in a row over a hundred, six, seven ounce glass of beer a day. Wow, God, uh, but that's a lot. He never drank on Sundays. No, he's religious. Auntie <laughs> Pat's his nephew. <laughs> Man, he's telling him at the pub. He said, "Oh, that 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 prisoner bloke." He said, he, he, "He's been in my house." And oh, the which that, bloke? Sorry, the bloke, uh, the, the the prisoner. The, oh, the, the prisoner. State. Oh, yeah. God, right. And they're looking at Uncle Jacks. He's actually at Lenny Martin's place. And Lenny said in his dry voice, "He said, oh, the poor bugger must have been hungry." I didn't, I didn't mind at all. So, you know, we ate all my canned food and stuff like that. I could, he slept in my bed, he mm. sleep somewhere, I didn't mind that. But he said, I got very upset when he, I found out he'd shit in me best cooking pot. Ew. <laughs> now, of course, in those days, the toilets were outside. Yeah. And he didn't want to go outside and get seen. No. Well, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have to draw a line somewhere with you. When I cook, yeah, some... and I will say that to both of you today. Yeah, I don't mind. Sorry, I was have, eyeing off a pot before. But... Have some cans of food. I don't mind having yeah. that. Just don't shit in my pot. Yeah, basic rules. Yeah. When I cook, <laughs> there's always that in my pot. Oh. <laughs> That's untrue. Dad's a very it's a hot cook. pot. We have three little kittens, and <gasps> would you please there give me names for them? I will close now as I have no more news. I remain your loving niece, Madge Tangy. And then Patsy replies, Aha, those kittens. They will insist on losing their mittens. I mean their names. Oh, God, Patsy. Three, no less. Call them Ray, Mimi and Dodo as they are sure to be able to sing the scales. Oh, she's appalling. I read a little bit of her poetry. It wasn't very good. Why does that surprise me? <laughs> Ray, Mimi and Do. Ray, like Do, Ray, me, I think. Anyway. She doesn't even know the order. No. No, no it's very disappointing. It was before Sandy. didn't know the order of the cats come out anyway. No. Okay. Okay. Chooks galore. Newstead, 6th of the 9th. I, well, I can't not say 2025. 6th of the 9th, 1925. <laughs> Dear Aunt Patsy, as I have not written for some time, I will once again more brighten up my awe. 
Not long ago, I received a letter from a little Papuan girl named Anna. My little brother Jack will be starting school after the holidays. I have two little kittens and their names are Darby and Joan. So what's with the Papuan girl? And (laughs) and we just jump straight away from her. Everyone had a Papuan. Everyone had a Papuan girl. Everyone had a puppy and pen pal in the Catholic. Like they all like were writing to the missions and stuff, I think. Right. I feel she could have elaborated yeah. on that. I mean, but I think it's nice for her to have someone her own age to write Well, to. better than creepy Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Living with three brothers, goodness, four brothers. I know, exactly. It's good to have a girl. But also I love she's now on the last letter she had three kittens. Mm. Now she's got two kittens and they do not have the names. That There's obviously no desexing program in place. From, I don't know if they're completely different kittens or if I think they're inbred. My dad used to have a cat yep. called Mrs Moore. Mrs Moore. Because Mrs Moore kept having more. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, here we go, fowl watch. We have about 40 fowls and five ducks. Wow. Duck population has remained stable. It has. One of our ducks and two of our hens are sitting. There was a bazaar at Newstead on the 29th of August and I was in for a big doll, but I didn't get it. Oh. I feel that's like a little bit of... I think, again, she's written to Auntie Patsy as a cry for help. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. There's no kids' helpline back then. No, exactly. It's just <laughs> Auntie Patsy or I don't Brian think there'd Pillow. Be much money around. There would have been the only way to get the big doll. Mm-hmm. Um, as I have no more news, I will close. I remain your loving niece, Margaret Tangy, aged 10 years. And Aunt Patsy replies, Pleased to hear again from you, Margaret. Give my kind regards to the Chooks, Darby and Joan. And there was one more letter, but I can't read it because it was, and it's a bit disappointing because it was called something about visiting the city. But I can't. But it's all it's all blurry, and the scans I can't find out because I would have really liked to know what Madge would make at the city. Well, Madge really cranked a lot of letters in in a short period of time. Yeah, in one year, and she, yeah. I think because she was such a good writer, she was getting selected. I reckon there's kids sending letters in; they're not getting published. No, they weren't doing the foul count. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> we should do a foul chart. I, would I think, like a little yeah, look, I think so. Just chart the fowls. And kittens, exactly. Kitten and fowl. Could be a name of a pub. And then there was just one other thing that I found, which was the Newstead Queen Carnival. Sounds. This is from the 30th of June, 1927. A baby, a baby Queen Carnival in aid of the Castlemaine Parish. (gasps) Is this like toddlers and tiaras? This is great. Included on Newstead on Wednesday evening. And Mr Frost crowned the winning queen. As a result, the parish will benefit to the extent of £220. So then there's boring stuff about donors. Um, and then Miss Madge Tangy was Queen of Newstead. Excellent. Was, so is this a pageant? It must be some kind of pageant. I haven't heard of this story before. Yeah, and she was presented each of the queens with a wristlet watch. Well, I wonder if she had to get a tan for that. I <laughs> she would have had her hair in, like, ringlets. Got her nails before. done. Yes. Done. But the thing that I also found a little bit disappointing is that the Queen of Newstead got £68. I'm not sure if that's personally or for the charity or I don't know how that works. Well, they're obviously raising money for the Catholic Church. Yeah. But, you know, it's and like kids' game shows in the 80s where the kid gets a crap prize like Encyclopedia Britannica but the school gets like 10 grand or something. Yeah. You know, so the school had a good reason to put decent kids up. <laughs> but this <laughs> made me a little bit cross, Dad, because... Madge Tangy got £68, and then the Queen of Yandoit, Rosie O'Connor, got £132. 
Oh, that doesn't seem right. Oh, rich buggers up there. Maybe yeah, it's a bigger town. Well, yeah, it's a, they were still there. getting gold at the end of it at the time. Oh, okay. And larger land holdings. Uh, and don't forget that's where the Swiss Italians. That was the biggest sly grog shop in Victoria, was Yandot. Wow. So that's all made, that's money made out of sly grog. So this is making a lot of sense to you. Oh, it adds up, it adds up. I've never even heard of Yandot until right now. Well, it's a lovely place to visit. It was settled by Swiss Italians mm. and, uh, yeah, they, a, they brought their traditions with them. Was it just a couple of them? Or? The, the names are still floating around, the yeah. Rigettis, the Gervasonis, yeah. the Ritzels, mm-hmm. a whole heap of Italian-type names, or what yeah. they are, that are now fourth-generation Australians. That's a good blend, Swiss Italian. Mm. Yeah, it's good on the Swiss Italian. cheese and wine. Yeah. Well, they, they had a lot of grapes up there. Yeah. They also used to make their own, each family had their own sausage recipe. And they're called bull bores. Okay. And uh, they're still uh, made in the Newstead Butcher Shop in Darlford now. But they used to kill a pig, they'd kill a veal. It was marinated in each family's secret mixture. Yeah. Mainly red wine, garlic, cinnamon, whatever. That was a bull bore. And... You could do two things. You could put them on a barbecue, you can do that. Some people boil them and eat them that, that, that way. Or you can hang them up in your garage. They go green, you wipe the green off them. Mm. And, well, that's uh, obviously the best choice. Uh, sal- salami. <laughs> wow. Lovely. Okay. And um, which of these would be choosing? Oh, look, it's, it's a, yeah, look, it's a tough, it's a tough call, Penny. Probably the green <laughs> is appealing the most. And. <laughs> Of course, you know, in those days, they were the days, but there were always mice around and I've seen people they'd reach up and get a, uh, get a, a boar-dried bulbul, wipe the fur off it, oh, my mouse has been having to go. That just chopped a little yeah, bit of mouse. Yeah, just chopped nice. a bit off. It hasn't eaten the whole thing. Then gets stuck into it. Yep. I'm, I'm someone who turns a blind eye to mould on bread, so <laughs> yeah. I understand where really? they're coming from. I really do. Yep. So, um... And hence penicillin. And hence, I have not caught COVID. <laughs> <laughs> did my, um, did Honey Babe like a bubble? They love bubbles. Babe bubble. They always had babe bubble. <laughs> my mother hated the smell of yeah, bubbles. We like weren't it. allowed to have them. And if Mum ever went away to, she had bought the bubble. That's when Dad had buys bubbles. But you go up to Honey Babe's, and they always had them hanging up in the garage. Uh. And you always nice. got ball balls up there. Later on in her life, did she, she got married a bit later, didn't she? Did she look after one of her brothers for a while? She looked after two of her mother died mm. in 1952, approximately. Mm. The father died in uh, about 1924. Um, but she went to the farm mm. and shifted from where she was. Uh, up to the farm and looked after Uncle, her mother, mm. Uncle George and Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack come back from the war with war neurosis and uh, was quite a mess and was a big handful. But Auntie Babe looked after them very well. What happened was that uh, there was a, a long time romance with a man called Peter Badrina. And Peter Badrina. He sounds good. He sounds like a cheap wine. <laughs> he lived in a chuka. Uh, a big man, but a very quiet spoken mm. man. And anyway, out of the blue, Peter proposed. And Arnie said, yes, this is in the early 60s. And then uh, 
everybody said, what's going to happen to George and Jack? They were resourceful. Uncle Jack couldn't do anything about it, but Uncle George did. He went romancing himself. That's right. Oh, God. Married uh, his cousin. Married his cousin, <laughs> Nothing Jean. wrong with that, Penny, back and, in the day. Uh, First cousin? Oh. It's a second cousin. Okay. Oh. It's just that little Probably. bit better. <laughs> no, uh, well, no one can ever find out. It's impossible to know. No. Mm. And so uh, Auntie Jean came to live with Uncle George and Jack and she looked after them. And Uncle George looked after Jean. They had a little child. Mm, he um, certainly did look after her. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad Margaret made that decision. I mean, some, if Peter Bedrine asked you to marry him, you can mm. say yes. You don't say no to Bedrine. I think he'd asked her about 10 years before. Oh. She felt she had responsibilities at home. But and continued the liaison And the mother had said, you have to stay here and look after me. And that was how it was in those days. Well, what I remember about um, Arnie Babies, because she lived in Wangaratta when we lived in Wangaratta for a few years. And so we in Wang. To, in Wang. Wangers. And we used to take her to church every Sunday. We'd go... And then we'd go back to her house and we'd get lollies if we'd been good. What used to happen, if I recall, we'd stop at the shop next to the church. Mm. In those days, you used to get a bag of mixed lollies. Yeah. Go back to Arnie Babe's place, kids and little. We'd go in and have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. Arnie Babe would grab the bag first and get out all the bananas in it. Oh, yeah, them, yeah. And then give the kids the bag. Yeah. yeah, and I and I remember we met we met Peter Padrina like a couple of times, but then by the time we moved to Wangaratta, I think he died. Yeah, he was still alive when uh, I was there when he died. I don't remember that. <laughs> Probably, I'd say. Uh, you, well, how old were you when we went to Wangaratta? Oh, I guess four. I was four. Yeah. So I was there for a few years. I'd, I'd say you're about five when he died. Oh, okay. So he probably died near the start. So I remember. Yeah. Oh, and mm. she had this little dog. Oh, I remember Peppy. It was called Peppy. Peppy. And I thought Peppy was the ugliest dog I'd ever oh, seen. Oh, poor Peppy. Like, I just thought it was hideous, right? And then years later, we had this little dog, this little black and brown dog. And then I was looking through old photos one day and I was like, oh, there's, there's Bella. What's Bella doing in that? And then I'm like, oh, no, that's Peppy. Peppy. <laughs> So somehow when it was my own dog. Yeah, it was a gorgeous creature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Arnie, Arnie, babe, she was very nice to, to us, like to the kids, I think. She used to let us pick the flowers in the garden. Now I do think there's a lot of similarities there. Thank you very much, Dad, for coming and talking to us about these articles from Trove today. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Christina, and thank you, Penny. I think we've all learnt a lot about fowl counts. <laughs> And Newstead. And shooting police. And Art and Patsy.